This is your host, Nancy Steele. Welcome to episode 9 of Affordable Italy, Living La Dolce Vita on a Bootstring. Ciao! If expatriation and immigration are on your mind, you've looked at Italy and wondered, is it possible? I did. In 2019, I was certain we could do it. In 2020, the world changed. And due to our reaction to it, our situation changed as well. I was no longer certain that Italy was within our reach. Plus, rumors about taxes and visas had me both confused and worried. Thanks to my favorite podcast, Retire There with Gil and Jean, and a bevy of generous immigrants who've gone before, as well as a personality that tends to doggedly seek to turn lemons to limoncello, my dream was rekindled. I decided to get my questions answered directly from first-person sources already experiencing affordable Italy, living La Dolce Vita on a bootstring. Join me as we explore with expats and experts if a future in Italy could be on your horizon. I really don't know which came first, the chicken or the egg, but for Gary Modica, completing his Italian dual U.S. citizenship by bloodline seems to have been a passionate pursuit to bring his family name home to Italy. Gary and Eileen are both native New Yorkers, Gary from Queens and Eileen from Long Island. 32 years of their lives were then spent in Arizona, hence the L.A. consulate was the starting line for their Italian journey. Their blended family, including four children and nine grandchildren, are spread throughout the central and southwestern U.S., which provides interesting perspective for those of us today wondering how a grandparent copes with an ocean between. After three years of their roller coaster ride in pursuit of that precious Italian citizenship, Gary received his by blood and Eileen hers by marriage. When Gary had first decided to pursue Italian citizenship, they made an agreement. They would live for one year all over Italy. Later, a friend would encourage them to document that journey by writing a book. The promise was kept, and their books, now plural, and blog are wildly popular. Their blog, Our Italian Journey, has been recognized with a Liebster nomination in 2018 in multiple top blog lists for Blogs of Italy and received a Best Couples Travel Blog Award in 2021, 2022, and 2023. Their first book, also Our Italian Journey, received an Editor's Choice Award in 2022 from the Reader Ready Awards at Authorshout.com. It covers their first year of travel as Italian citizens, discovering by woe and joy all that Italy so richly offers. Their second book, When Your Heart Finds Its Home, is a standalone memoir continuing that journey but with a change in plot. Published in 2022, this book tells the story of building a life in Italy and chronicles how they found their perfect Italian home, albeit not in the town they had expected. Both books, their blog, the travel planners that Eileen designs, some artwork that she has been working on, meaning your photographs of doors, <laughs> love those, and a wealth of really beautifully managed social media sites will be linked for listeners on our Facebook page and in show notes, which I finally figured out how to link. Eileen worked in the education field in the U.S. and in the pharmaceutical field. I'm absolutely intrigued today to hear her thoughts on Italian healthcare. Gary worked in the electronics industry and is a master club builder in the U.S. golf industry, so we aren't likely to have much to talk about but Italy. <laughs> But I do know he's particularly interested in Italian wine and food. They promised me that they've been doing a little wink, wink, special research projects about wine, which they'll share with us today. And I'm hoping with a slight focus on affordability. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're now living a rich and they say affordable life in the unparalleled Luca Tuscany while still exploring and sharing. Their joint mission now is to help others toward both citizenship and a life in Italy. And I think I just love that about them. Eileen and Gary, I am in awe of you. 
the resources you have created are rich and the heart of what you do is so apparent. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank oh, you, Nancy, for having us. Yes. Um, can we just start out today with learning about your journey and how your hearts found their home? <laughs> sure. The journey started about 2015 uh, when we started really going after the paperwork I needed to present to the consulate. And in 2018, September 11th, I was notified by the consulate that I was now an Italian citizen. Hmm. Eileen's journey started a week after that when she automatically got citizenship. Uh, un unlike what it is today, where you have to, the wife has to wait a year for the spouse to get the husband to get his citizenship, hmm. uh, then she can apply. Because of the 1983 law, Eileen didn't have to worry about that. That's because we were married in 1980. Exactly. So, so good for that. And and the other thing we lucked out on is we got our passports and everything in October, November um, 2018. And in no January 2019, Italy passed a law saying you have to be able to achieve uh, A2 language status. But because I was granted citizenship before that, she doesn't have to worry about that. Oh, Although nice. she has to go to school. Wait, I am learning, but I don't have to pass a proficiency <laughs> test, yes. which is nice. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about how your hearts found home in Luca, because I understand that was not actually the expected home. In 2019, we traveled around looking again for our perfect Italian town. And there's criteria for that to make that list. So it had to have a good train line. It had to be somewhat flat, which is not always the case in Italian towns. <laughs> we enjoy bicycle riding. So that makes it easier. Bicycle friendly. Yes. yes. Um, we also needed, you know, not not remote. I wanted to feel like part of a community, but enabling us to go to the grocery store when we needed to. I also wanted to live in Centro, where Gary would prefer to live outside in the countryside. We, we had a few towns that we listed. And one by one, we kind of crossed a few off the list. High on the list was Arazzo, other than it was a town it is excuse me yes but there was charm there medieval charm uh history we loved the people that we met it was on a good train line it did not though have enough english spoken mm. for me and while learning italian i am comfortable still having a conversation in english that i'm not always having to learn or struggle. When we came back in 2000... Yeah, April 1st, 2021, because we... the apartment we wanted in Arezzo was rented, we said, I said, actually, mm -hmm. let's go to Luca. Something about this town I love, and that's this was my number one town. I mean, I would love to live in Florence. Florence is is wonderful. We love But I don't want 480,000 neighbors. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I like this little town. <laughs> and I fell in love with Le Muyora, which is the wall. Yeah. And Luca, to me, well, to both of us, I'm sorry, is a miniature Florence. Yes. It's got Renaissance. It's got art. It's got music, but ends up on a smaller scale. More manageable. Very yes. much more manageable. Okay. So we realized within a month that Luca's it. 
and started looking for a permanent apartment. I absolutely love it. I mean, I'm already sold. <laughs> we could stop the podcast right now <laughs> with your description of, of that. In that journey, even, even stepping back from when Arezzo was picked, was affordability a part of that decision-making or was it really just regional and then eyes on Arezzo, eyes on Luca? Affordability has something to play. I mean, there are towns near us uh, that we can't even think about because of the rents uh, and, and buying is, is, you know, out of the subject. But affordability is very important to us. I mean, you know, we're both retired. Mm-hmm. So we have a limited income. Mm-hmm. Food is not overly expensive in any part of Italy. I don't care where you go. It's about the same. Wine is affordable in Italy. I don't care where it is. You can find good, affordable wine. Importante. <laughs> so importante. The restaurants, you've got your high end and your lower end, and, and there's a need for both. But overall, living in Phoenix, Arizona, I would say living here is at least 40% less every month. And you're um, in the north, a reputedly and, and much more Tuscany. expensive area. Yeah, I mean, that's... And Tuscany is always considered expensive. And, and don't get me wrong, there are definitely places <laughs> that we could not afford to live in Tuscany. But Luca is uh, affordable. And again, we don't want to be house poor. So we are renting right now. If a fabulous deal came along, we would consider purchasing. But our rent is relatively low considering some of our friends. But we only have a one bedroom, one bath. Yeah. Uh, we're how many square meters? 75? Well, he says 75. The county says 60. So. Okay. So <laughs> we're in a small apartment. The selling point for us for this apartment was our 340 square foot terrazza. Yes. That is unusual for inside the wall of Luca. Okay. That, that's like having another living room nine yes. months, almost nine months out of the year. Oh, yeah. I agree. I agree. Uh, were you able to anticipate costs uh, in that housing costs in addition to what rent would be in terms of what you'd spend on insurance or utilities, that kind of thing? Uh, did you have any surprises there? Uh, let me just say that the first year that we were in this apartment, we sat with jackets on at not scarves and hats, but, you know, a blanket over us because we were concerned with the electric prices in Italy. They are higher than most other countries. Yeah, uh, but then Ukraine started too and, and Russia choked them out of gas and fuel. Okay, so let's not get we got, no, it's, not, it's the truth. So <laughs> I the price I'm in of, agreement, my hand's up. <laughs> the, the price of fuel went skyrocketing. So we were very, very frugal the first year. What changed? Then I had a discussion with my landlord. He told me about a company called Edison, similar to Con Edison on the east coast of the USA. Ironic. Uh, same, same company. Uh, biggest producer of gas and electric in all of Europe. And he took me to meet with the representative and I signed a two-year contract, guaranteed prices. The company we had before that, prices would vary depending on what they were being charged at that time. Edison being a big company bought a lot. Akin to an airline buying a year's worth of jet fuel versus buying it when they so, and being able to regulate it themselves. Yes, yes. But a lot of renters are not aware that there are other companies available. Now, some renters actually pay the landlord their usage. Our landlords, lovely Italian couple, they 
uh, had the utilities put in our name. We had to put them uh, in our name. And so we have the availability to change. And this year, in fact, we just got our electric July bill. and August electric bill, which we were concerned about because our youngest daughter visited and she wanted the air conditioning on 24th. <laughs> and it was a hot two weeks in Luca. Um, very it hot. It was a hot July and August. True. And so we... We cringed when the bill came in and with the new company and also our landlord replaced our air conditioner units. So it was older. He did replace it this year when it was having a bit of an issue. Yeah, done. So, okay. Um, so between the new company and the new efficient air conditioner unit, our friends can't believe our prices. So our electric bill for two months now, mind you. Peak summer, two peak summer months was 176 and change euro. That's, that's incredible. Oh. We have now, a lot of our friends have bigger apartments. Again, remember we're in, you know, 65 square meters. During the day, we don't usually put on the air because we have a lovely breeze that comes through. We're very lucky that way. Yeah. But 165 euro for two months of electricity, and then our gas was oh, it was 25 50 or something was, like that. Yeah. It, was it was crazy, ridiculous. That is and amazing. so you can, if you're able to research companies, you can get a, a decent deal, even with you know expected high prices. Yeah, in a time frame that everyone is complaining about those rising costs. That is an right. amazing amazing electrical bill for running AC. Yes. Yeah, we ran it almost every night. And some nights while watching television, we even put it on to cool us off. And it, it's amazing what the bill yeah. came to. I mean, yeah. we used it more than we ever have. And it was cheaper. That is amazing. Oh, good. And such a great tip for people who are looking to rent to, to do that research yeah. rather than just assume that you're stuck with whatever. Stay with that company. Correct. Another one of those valuable things that you guys are doing with teaching. And I so appreciate that sharing of information. But that's what we love. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> so, so important to have um, those who've gone before. You mentioned weather. <laughs> and I know this was an intensely hot summer for Italy in comparison to, uh, for Europe, in comparison to previous years, actually the planet. I just saw a headline this morning that said this was the hottest summer on record for the planet. Tell me a little bit about weather in general. How long is your winter? What's the high? What's the low? Do you get snow? Um, and then summer, what that looks like. Winters are generally, by some standards, pretty mild. I mean, days, the majority of number of days are going to be in the mid-40s with the nights going into the mid-30s. Summers, you're going to be... Uh, we had a beautiful spring uh, this year. Yeah. Summer is going to be around 100 in the high 90s, mid, mid to high 90s. And at night, it gets down to about 70-ish in that area. Mm -hmm. So summer nights are, are, are pretty cool. But uh, the average, I would say, are in the 80s uh, for the summer. It was okay. unusual hot in the 90s, but I would okay. say average 80s. Okay. Yeah, and high, slow 90s. Yeah. Say, okay, spring and fall are gorgeous. Hmm. There, I mean, today, for an example, high was 70. Uh, the low tonight's probably going to be, oh, 61, 60. And we're in the middle of September. Now, November is notoriously rainy for Luca. Mm. and Tuscany. Yes. And so oh, November is quite rainy and cooler weather. For us, the summer doesn't bother us 
I think as much other than the humidity because we're used to the hotter temperatures living in Phoenix for 32 years. Yeah, so, dry heat's so different uh, than humid heat. It is, yeah. it is. You feel the humidity, but uh, I think we fare better in the summer, but I don't do as well in the winter. My friends make fun of me. I always have a scarf on regardless. Uh, I've been known to have one sometimes in the summer now. So I guess maybe <laughs> I'm really Italian. But that's, that's a fact. <laughs> no, not always. But the winters, I, I feel the cold. I, I really feel the cold. And unfortunately, our kitchen is, it's not the usual setup. So we're on the first floor. Underneath us on the ground level are uh, storage units. Of course, they're then nice and cold. Oh, they're not heated. Yeah. They're not. So the storage units are below our kitchen. Then we have three large windows, one small radiator. And then the woman, the couple above us, it's their terrazza. uh, So so we are exposed to the elements. Sorry. We're exposed to the elements (laughs) in the kitchen. I think the ghost just showed up. (laughs) And you were apologizing to it. (laughs) We should say it in Italiano. (laughs) Um, So the kitchen is very chilly. So in the morning, uh, so we did buy a space heater this past winter, but the year prior, we would look at each other. Are you going to make coffee? Are you going to make coffee? (laughs) We had to to, uh, decide who was going to go in the chilly kitchen to make coffee in the morning. (laughs) Now, this winter, I am very much looking forward to since our new outside unit is heat and, and air, I'm looking forward to putting that on in the living room, leaving, we normally put a screen up to keep the air out of the, the kitchen. Take the screen, you know, open the screen, let the, the hotter air flow through. Curious to see what that's going to yeah. be like. You guys have really done some fine tuning there that's both made you comfortable and not killed you with electrical bills. That's awesome. Yeah. And yeah. again, good to know that even with a rental, you can make some changes to make life more comfortable. Good. Yes. How long How long is that cold stretch, that cold season? I would probably say November through February. Yeah, February. The end of February can actually be pretty pleasant. Yeah, so so it, it's yeah November, December, January, say February. So four okay. months out of the year. Okay, and snow? Thank you, snow. Hasn't <laughs> yet. I've seen pictures of a dusting, you know, mm-hmm. throughout Luca, and it looks gorgeous. I can't wait to see it. I but saw out on the so when I get on my bicycle, the Chicoletta, and go to school, I travel the wall up on the mountains outside of Luca. You can actually see the snow on the mountains. It's beautiful. Yeah. So it's close. Very rarely did I ever hear that it snowed inside Chentro. Yep. Keep it where it's supposed to be, out there on the mountains. Absolutely. Picturesque as you ride by. Absolutely. Yeah. Did you guys, or has Luca suffered natural disasters? And I'm wondering particularly about the flooding that happened last spring, so widespread across the middle and north of Italy. We did not get that, but there were uh, last year some fires that, out again, outside of, in Luca province, but outside of the wall, Central Storico. And when we ride along the autostrada, you can see the damage from the fires. Yeah. And at one, about a week, we had actually the smoke coming through Luca Centro and it, it was pretty heavy. 
it was it was concerning. Okay. Yes. But other than that, no, nothing. We're not on a major earthquake line or nothing okay. like that. Nice. And fire's going to happen anywhere. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Especially as things get hotter. That bicycle wall, I have to divert to that for a moment. I was doing a little bit of reading about Luca, and I understand the difference between thin walls and thick walls, which Luca has, is being medieval versus Renaissance. And you mentioned Luca as a mini Florence. As a Renaissance town, they actually fortified those walls so that they were super thick because weaponry was different and there were more long-range weapons outside the wall. So my understanding is you can actually bicycle on the wall. Talk a little bit about mm-hmm. that. And I know you guys use bikes to get around and yes. get groceries or to yeah. go to the doctor. So. Yeah. It's, it's two and a half miles around. And actually, a lot of bicyclists use the wall for training. So you'll see them in their little outfits, you know, helmets on, and they go flying by you. I mean, they're very conscientious of you. But so Luca has actually been a training ground for for cyclists. I mean, obviously walking on the wall Mm -hmm. is a favorite pastime. They have yoga classes on the wall. Oh, man. Yes, we do. Gary has not attended. No, and I won't. (laughs) Um, they ha- <laughs> we just had a, um, they did, what would you call what they, the Vikings to? The- oh, so they actually created a time clock, yes. they called it. And uh, on the wall, they had uh, World War II. And then you moved, that was at 12 o'clock, I believe. And at, let's say, 2 o'clock, there was another event yeah. Uh, from a certain era. So what I'm saying is the wall is used for special events Mm -hmm. and it it just suits it so well, really. So this past weekend, we had um, a sports event up there and they had jousting and then you could walk further and then they were teaching boxing, walk a little further. They had uh, something to do with... I don't know, I wasn't there. Oh, that's right. Sorry. (laughs) They had all different sports events. And then we watched paratroopers come in, at, not in the wall, but outside the wall and land. That was all part of a, an event. And sometimes it's very difficult to keep up with all the events that we've got. I belong to like five, six uh, Facebook groups yeah. just to keep up on all the different events that are happening. It's crazy. So the continuation of learning there is really intriguing too. And being a cultural center with incredible history, it was the city of 100 towers, right? A hundred churches. A hundred churches. Okay. Yes. The Renaissance history, there is so rich. As I looked through, there were a million things I could do. And I thought about you guys that you may just want to climb that beautiful tower on a Saturday or whatever, go up and look at the view with the trees above you, etc. They tell us as seniors that we should be looking for places to retire where our minds are stimulated. And I can only imagine the cultural things that are there for you guys to explore. Puccini was was born in Luca, so there's always music events going on. We have nine music schools in yeah. Luca. Oh my and, goodness. And then there's always an art event somewhere along the line. And it's truly special. And Gary, of course, very much loves history. And so that wall that you can ride on is the Renaissance wall. Now, there are still pieces of the medieval wall within Centro, and there's even uh, just a few areas of the original Roman ruins inside the wall. But Gary's favorite uh, subject about Luca is that the Medici from Florence never conquered Luca. They never made it inside the wall. So it's 
kind of special to him because, of course, if you know history, they took everything they wanted to, but they never conquered Luca. So that's our special piece of Luca is that the Medici were never here. And, and that and that's that says a lot about Lucchese's. Absolutely. Uh, Lucchese people are stubborn. <laughs> they are um, steadfast. And I mean, they know what they want. To this day, if you live outside the world, you're considered Starneri, which is a stranger. And inside the considered Lucchese. You know, your description of the Lucchese actually fits your choice. You guys might just have been a little bit stubborn and a little bit steadfast to move through that process of citizenship. Don't forget, I'm Sicilian, so. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. In bringing your name home, it might have been to Sicily, it sounds like, but it sounded like um, language being maybe the thing that in the end tipped you guys more towards the North. Well, I kind of gave into Eileen on that. My choice was Sicily. I'm not fluent in Sicilian, but I understand it as a language easier than the Tuscan Italian that you learn. Okay. But for her, there was very, very little English spoken. And it would have been culture shock. We would have been back in the States by now. <laughs> so I gave in. I can put up with Tuscany. There's some really good wines around here. <laughs> <laughs> you you suffer well. Well, in conversation of things to do, let's also look at natural beauty around you. Talk a little bit about what people do there in terms of enjoying what nature provides. There's so many hiking trails outside of the walls of Lucca. We have a Roman aqueduct that, uh, in fact, I, I went on a hiking trail and you can actually bicycle from Luca to Pisa, if you mm. wanted to. I have friends that have. The, the hiking alone, the mountains that are you know around, 20 minutes we get on a train and we're at Via Reggio, which is a beach town. And they have a beautiful promenade with stores and restaurants mm-hmm. all along it. What we loved about Luca is the train line. So we could get in on the train and go to Florence in an hour and a half spend the day and come home. Uh, We could go to Via Reggio, like I said, 20 minutes. And from there, we can go up and down the coast, uh, the West Coast, going up to Cinque Terre or down to Roma. Again, that was important for us not having a car. And we still ponder whether we should or not uh, to do some day trips. But right now, we're still okay traveling by train. It's it's our preferred method of, of travel. Okay. And I know one thing that Gary loves is the wine region and, and researching wine. So I did hear that that might have been one of the limitations that you find in not having a car is that the train doesn't generally take you to the wineries that you might want to go exactly. to. <laughs> Tell us he, a little bit about that. He had you say that. Uh, he contacted you and had you say that. I know. I, I know. I would like to go back <laughs> one step to the history that's available Obviously, you have the Etruscans, the Romans, the Renaissance, but something that a lot of people do not know, that during World War II, the Buffalo soldiers, the Black soldiers that had their own regiments and what, they liberated Luca from the Germans. There's a little museum, there's a thing called the, the Gothic Line, which the Germans built up to stop the Allies from going further off in Italy. But I was I was shocked to find out about the Buffalo Soldiers and how they actually were formed. And then they were basically just came to Luca. Lucchese, Lucchese loved them. Loved them. Yeah. Uh-huh. To this day, 
they have a celebration where the city just opens up to any Buffalo soldiers that are still alive. Oh, wow. Um, what time of year is that? That's normally, I think, in July. Okay. Wow. That's really special. Yeah, yeah. I, I, never, I didn't expect that here. I really didn't. No, the depth of things like that, that we as outsiders don't understand, whereas that's the gratefulness from their hearts must be overwhelming history mm -hmm. in those families that has passed down. But we as yeah. Stranieri don't, yeah. don't necessarily get to ever know that unless you live there, which mm -hmm. gives you depth that the rest of us can only look from the outside in until we follow your lead. <laughs> right. So about wine, Gary, tell us a little bit about how you scratch that itch. All right. How do I? How do you scratch that itch? Oh, in too many ways. <laughs> too many ways. I used to just drink inexpensive, cheap wines in the States from like Trader Joe's mm -hmm. or even Total Wine and more. And I gotten an eye-opening education here on wine. You don't need to buy the highest priced wines, you know, the most expensive prized wines to enjoy it. There's, you know, a lot of people say, well, is it is it a DOCG, which is a designation, or a DOC? Some of the best wine I have had is what's actually defined as a table wine, an IGT. Hmm. You know, if it tastes good to you, buy it. Yes. Don't yes. don't worry about what the, the label says, you know, or the rating or the rating. You know, if, if you like Chianti, you don't necessarily have to buy the Chianti with the rooster on it, which is the Classico. There are very good local Chiantis that aren't in that designated area, but they're still darn good and they're not expensive. No. Remember when we were staying 90 days in Verona? Oh, yeah. And uh, we would go to the grocery store. And there would be a, a wine for 99 cents. What? One euro. And I'd say to Gary, a on, euro? Sale. on sale, yes, a, a euro. So we buy one to try it. We go home, have it that night, of course. And it was delicious. So we would go back to the store the next day and buy whatever they had left. <laughs> um, and sometimes that was six or eight bottles just because it was so inexpensive and delicious. Oh my so goodness. we were so surprised at some of the prices yeah. uh, for very, very good wine. You, you can shop around and really get some very good deals. Amazing. Oh, that's just incredible. And my husband and I actually wanted to go out last night for a drink before, you know, we came home and, and had our evening. And I, and I thought about it for a few minutes. We're taking off just a few weeks for an Italian trip. And I said, you know what, let's not, we can probably have four nights out <laughs> with a glass of wine or, or something in yeah. Italy comparatively. So we came home <laughs> and just <laughs> waited, right? The lifestyle, the pleasure of life, that affordability offers yes. is amazing really amazing we so love sitting uh on the main street in lucas via falungo and we have a, a bar that uh we love the the couple that runs it they're a young couple it's called vinarchia and we have i guess it's our table basically outside and we've been known to just sit there and enjoy a glass of wine or a aperol spritz uh you know, Prosecco. And by the end of the evening, people, friends have gone by, seen us stop. They also have it. And our table continues to grow through the evening. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we're there and there's, you know, six, eight, eight of us. Some were just riding by on their bicycle and stopped. And, you know, it's that type of life 
the relaxation that drew me to being inside the walls in Centro. You can't have that experience being out in the countryside. No, I, I'll, I'll grant you that. So it's, that. that's that's some of the best parts of our day. And yeah. and sometimes it's two and three times a week. Oh, <laughs> it, I it, love it. It's Italy's cafe culture. Yes. And okay. it's, it's the same thing if you go to one of the bars in the morning. That's where you got you get coffee. Okay. Correct. You're not drinking that early in the morning. <laughs> but you'll be sitting outside, uh, like this one place we go to a lot, Punta Zero. You know, people will come by and say, oh, can I join you for a coffee? Sure, sit down and have a coffee. It's the cafe culture here. It's 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 wonderful. It really is. The relationship. To, to Italy, yes. So tell me what you're into in euros for your aperitivo evening and your coffee morning, your cafe morning. Oh, cafe is so cheap here. Cafe could be one euro 20. Yeah, I, I meet a friend of mine, Jim, once in a while for, for coffee. We'll each have two coffees. I'll usually have a cordoneta. He'll have something else. And the bill is like nine dollars, nine euro. And I meet my friends. I, I'm under that. You know, I, I'm in the five, six euro. So I don't well, know. I'm talking about for the two of us. No, but oh, not me. Okay. Oh, okay. for the two of you. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. That's okay. crazy. With the Cornetto. Wow. Yeah. Now you can go a half a mile away and have the same coffee and the same Cornetto, and you're going to pay 13, 14 euro. We have some fancier places I in Luca. We don't. We don't usually. One will be twenty-five to thirty dollars. Just <laughs> you go to where you're comfortable and where they know your name. And yes. Yeah. Now, now Paratibo, If I don't run into my friend Jim, we can get away with maybe two drinks, twenty euro, twenty-five euro. If we have uh, a charcuterie, that's another fifteen. Relatively expensive. Okay. I run into my friend Jim. It's it's a seventy five dollar bottle of, of wine and <laughs> a little different budget for Jim. Yeah, a little bit different. <laughs> okay, tell me about restaurants there. Low end, high end. What what's available? Because there's so much tourist interest. Also, I'm assuming that the range can be broad, and some of it might it actually is. be targeting tourists. We actually have a Michelin star within the wall, a couple outside the wall, but one inside. We have been there. Service was horrible. Not not our cup of tea. Not our cup of tea. Food was good. Service was horrible. We have our, again, same places. We keep saying every month we're going to try a new restaurant every month, and we still wind up going back <laughs> to our favorite places. Yeah. It's it's difficult, but seafood, if you want seafood, there's that available here. Very good traditional Lucchese food, so a tordelli, which is a meat ravioli with a meat sauce. Mm. Uh, very, very good here. Chingali, which is wild boar very easily found so and it's seasonal that's what i think i love the most about yes. being in italy is you know right now you we can't find what was i looking for at the grocery store i wanted oranges and there were very few oranges right now well it's not orange season uh, squashes are now available the, so, the one thing about italy is they want to sell Italian produce. So unlike the United States that gets it from Mexico, Peru, Chile, you know, or Chile whatever, whatever. Uh, they will buy very little fruit and verdura, fruit and vegetables from other countries. That's why Italy is seasoned because what's in season? So your zucchini flowers, uh, you have to have in the summer. You know, you're not going to have zucchini flowers on the menu in December. 
that won't happen. And healthier for you, I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Are there markets close to your house? There are. So we have the standard grocery stores. There's a couple inside the wall. But we also like to go to some of the little markets. They're organic markets. They set up their tents on Wednesday, just around the corner from us. There's Mm -hmm. one Wednesday and Saturday, just outside the wall, always in Piazza Napoleon, which is Piazza Grande. There's occasional markets. Uh, Artesian bread right now is is being sold. Uh, A couple of different booths for that. Uh, you never know what pops up here. It's 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 quite amazing. And we English speakers have a tendency to let everybody know. So we have a couple of, you know, WhatsApp groups. And if I see a chocolate fair going on in, let's say, Piazza San Frediano, I let the group know. And it's a great way, you know, for people that don't mm-hmm. get out every day. You know, it may be there just for the weekend. And so we all tell each other, what we have found, what we see, where there's a sale that you can't miss. It's a wonderful community of expats here in Luca. Yeah. Right. And so important to have that connectedness with, yes. with people there. How about the native Italians? Do you feel that you're accepted into those circles as more than stranieri? Are you developing deep and meaningful relationships with, with people of Italian heritage? We have. Maybe not as many as we'd like because, you know, not being fluent in Italian, it's it's hard to carry on a conversation. But I th- I think we have done all right. Yeah. I think my teacher makes fun of me because she tells me, Elena, you don't speak Italiano because you have too many Americani friends. Uh-oh. And so she is right. But even our Italian friends... They want to practice their English. So <laughs> I think I'm doomed. But yes, I, I think we're accepted here. Our, our neighbors are, are very kind. And I have a gentleman down the street. We've gone from two years ago to, you know, not catching eye to eye to a head nod to Buena Sera. And he stopped me the other day while I was down at the fountain and had a started a whole conversation of which I was lost and had to tell him no capisco. Um, I mean, he spoke to me in a in a whole conversation. I yeah, it's, uh, it's they're very to me. Luke is a very accepting people. They have their circle, okay, and they don't let anybody, just everybody, I should say, in their circle. So when they do put you in their circle. Hmm. You may, it's special. That's very special. Right. Really. And that's how we feel with the couple from Vinarchia. We were invited to their wedding last year, oh. um, along with our friends that are uh, we're close with. That uh, So we were the only four Americans, even though technically we're Lucchese, we were the only ones that were there other than their Italian friends and family. So okay. it it's special here. Yeah. I wonder too if their history with being more insular and you know the Medici's not being able to infiltrate, etc. I wonder if that carries over today, where maybe they are a little bit tighter in their circles and it might be a little bit harder to break into those than in some other areas. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, you just can't go up to a group of, of Lucchese just start talking to them. You know, you can go ask them a question. That's that's fine. But when you do get in, it really is something special. It sounds like it. Your story is intriguing to me. And in just hearing some comments that you've made before too on this topic, 
You've got nine grandchildren in the US. That's amazing. And one of the things that not only do I see other people talking about in immigrant forums relating to immigration to Italy, but also in my own heart of hearts, um, mm -hmm. I want to know how do you guys function with that? What do you what have you done to help maintain those close relationships and ties? Any wisdom and insight to give to those of us who are looking to be an ocean away of those precious littles that we love so much? Well, I think I have some insight because that was a, a problem for me. And Nancy, we have news to say that we actually will have 10 grandchildren in February. We have another one on the way. Congratulations. <laughs> Unexpected. Unexpected. Um, that was one of my concerns. It's so difficult to just see photos of our grandchildren, you know, playing soccer or, or baseball and, and know that we should be there. But when we were there, they have their lives too. And that's how I had to look at it. They had friends to see or sleepovers on the weekend. They had clubs, you know, ballet and baseball and football. <laughs> and so when we were there, they had their lives also, so yes, it was easier because I could get that hug around my neck or mm. the squeeze. Mm. I do miss that, but we video chat and um, and try and keep in touch that way. I find it very difficult to see sometimes some of the social media pictures and not have it weigh heavy on my heart. But both Gary and I looked at it and said, you know, this is our time in our lives. We've yeah. we've worked hard. We raised families. This was something we always dreamed about. And we worked hard to make the dream come true. I don't know how we could give it up. And I'm not saying that maybe we will always live here. I, I don't know what the future brings. But we've been able to balance a little bit of it with social media, with, I should say, technology. Yes. Technology, yes. And it has made it a little easier for us. Now we are going back November to the end of December for the first time for Christmas to see everybody. And that's um, going to be our first Thanksgiving and Christmas back. Correct. And yeah. so, you know, we, we knew we'd have to make that voyage sooner or later, but it is something that I would say to anybody listening, you have to do for yourself also. Yes, it's, I will not say that it's not difficult. I, I will make light of that. It is. But it's something that Gary and I have decided that we needed to do for ourselves, for each other. So I have two grandchildren who are in Las Vegas. I'm in Denver. I have two here that are very close to me on the other side of the wall. We bought a property with them. <laughs> so yeah, we see them all the time, <laughs> right? But my, my two in Las Vegas, my heart still pines and we're still using technology and they do have their own lives. And this is part of, you know, our conversation to each other is there's no guarantee as time goes on that we would be seeing them all the time. Yes, the distance is further. It's more expensive to get them over mm. to Italy or us over to the US from there. But I feel like there's no guarantee of what that closeness physically looks like anyway. You know, the kids can still move. And I think also too, it's what you make of your time together. So when we plan to go back, we will spend some quality time with each of them and create more memories. Yeah. And I think it'll it'll make that quality time be more meaningful. 
I for them that. and for us, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. My little granddaughter in Las Vegas wanted to record with me. So we actually did recently and I told her we'll publish that. But it's going to be projecting those feelings from the child's side about, and of course she's second grade, so not really understanding the distance, but understanding being separated from her Maymay. So that will be fun to share from the child's perspective. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. can't wait to hear that. Yeah, that would be interesting. <laughs> yeah. And I saw pictures on your blog of you guys making pasta with your grandkids. You've given them, as far as I'm concerned, probably the greatest gift other than love that a grandparent can give, which is Italian citizenship and helping them to see the way to what may be in their future. Our youngest daughter just applied for citizenship. Well, she applied a year and a half. But she did <laughs> That's have- just though, right? <laughs> she um, just received her Italian citizenship and pass- Italian passport. So it is something that can be passed down to and what, different what, generations. Yeah, what makes me feel good is she didn't have to go through a lot of what I went through. Now she just, I'm the starting point for the rest of the family now. Yes. So my grandfather did his job. You know, without Pop, we wouldn't be here. That's true. And now I'm the starting point for the family. So anybody, any of our grandkids or kids that want now have to just go through me, which makes things a lot easier. I wish that that we had that for our grandkids. But no, I would love to have had it that simple. But (laughs) somebody's got to do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's got to start. Worth wanting that much is worth fighting for. Exactly. Not that we fought, but seems like it. It probably felt like it sometimes. It did. Yes. So tell me a little bit about what travel is like outside of Italy. You guys have great train service there, which is a huge criteria for us as well, to reach places within Italy, and, and you're just so centrally located. Everything is right there. I'm assuming you've got local buses as well as buses that would go to regional areas. But tell me a little bit about what it's like to get out of Italy and share how visiting would work back and forth between U.S. family and Luca. Well, the majority of our grandchildren are very young, 10 and under. So for them traveling, they, of course, would need their parents. Well, the families are all five or four. (laughs) Uh, So it's a little bit more difficult for them to travel because of the number that would you know, flights are very expensive right now. I was going to say, and the affordability, because it's ridiculous. Right. But for us in Europe, traveling to other countries is really quite wonderful. There are inexpensive fares. I mean, you have to watch, but we could country hop very easily. And you do. We have started that. I loved your Portugal coverage. Oh, it was amazing. It was amazing. But for our grandchildren to come, we actually, Gary's daughter had had planned for her and the, her two children, again, older, to come over the summer. But the flights were just so incredibly expensive. We couldn't wrap our heads around it. Yeah. Those are the grandchildren, though. It's, it's such a long flight that I don't know that I would be comfortable with them flying by themselves from Phoenix to, you know, there's always a layover. So it, it yeah. I don't think I'd feel comfortable with that. Maybe when they're older. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Yeah. 
we're not going to say, oh, if you want to see us, you have to come here. No, no, that, no. that'll never happen. Never. Yeah. So you'll be able to, to go home and visit. Uh, talk yeah. to me a little bit about deciding to age in place, or you mentioned you don't know what the future holds. So clearly there must still be somewhat of an open door in moving potentially back to the U.S. I know Pete and I, we would love to think that we'll age in place and, and perhaps make our final days outside of the U.S., but uh, that isn't always necessarily the way that things happen. We could see our kids having some problems with that. One or more of them may have actually discussed that. So we're planning on keeping our Medicare coverage, which is so expensive and not useful while we're outside of the country. Do you guys have plans about um, aging yet? Have you made decisions about insurance, that kind of thing that hook you still to the U.S.? We gave up Medicare okay. because Medicare does absolutely nothing for us here. Correct. And, and I didn't just do that on the spur of the moment. I actually spoke with people at Medicare and they said, well, yeah, why would you have us if we can't do you any good? I mean, really, you know, we're both on the Italian health system network, uh, which is free to us, you know, and, and, and we know how to use the system here. And, and it's a lot easier than using the system in America. <laughs> but my biggest concern was uh, used to be that if you gave up Medicare, uh, they would only charge you a 10% fee if you came back, you know, instead of paying, say, 200, it would be 220. Well, that changed. And now it's 10% per year, up to 100%. So that 200 would now be 400. Hmm. But like the person on the phone said to me, and he said, I, and I'm not saying this to you if you get my drift. He said, they can't do anything about it. And they won't. He said, even if you come back and you fight the cost, you'll prove to them you had insurance. You'll prove to them you were covered. And, you know, you'll, he said, the one question I always tell people to use is where in Europe can I use Medicare? Is Where what? Where can I use Medicare? Oh. And the answer is going to be nowhere. So. I love that little tidbit there. Thank you so much, Gary, because we're just chickens. We're chickens about everything. I'm always at the most conservative end and no, no risk tolerance whatsoever. So that we need to, to also look into that. Thank you well, for people that. People have this misconception, I think, about healthcare in, in Italy. Yes, it, it's not straightforward all the time. Uh, if it's not an emergency, you may have to wait a little bit. Gary needed a cataract operation. He had one eye done in the States and he had one done here. Now we did go uh, not through the system. We did use a private doctor, but it cost us 120 euro. Yeah, for the visit to the, the eye visit to the specialist. Oh, okay. And, and now he's the same guy that did the operation. So the operation we put through the system. Okay. Correct. And it cost me nothing. So, so private for the consult and then the operation through the system. So yes, just so listeners understand, Gary and Eileen are not having to pay an annual percentage of their income for the Italian healthcare system because of that, once again, absolutely precious citizenship status. Absolutely. But Gary actually enjoyed, well, as much as you can enjoy a surgery, he enjoyed the process in Italy more than he did in the States. He had to be put under where Gary was awake here. It was a completely different procedure. Uh, same good result. Yeah. But 
a whole lot less money. Now, for example, I had a procedure done before we left the States. I had a molecular pucker in my eye, again, an, another eye story, but it cost us $4,000 because I we could not afford insurance for myself in the States. My friend uh, had the same, almost exactly no, 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 the no. same. We had insurance in the States. Oh, but it was catastrophic. We had to have a $25,000 deductible. I totally understand how you would see that as not being insurance. Hello. My yeah. is again, once Correct. again up. Absolutely. Okay. My, my, my mistake. Um, <laughs> our friend here had almost identical situation, and it cost him 30 euro to have the same procedure done as it for me in the States for $1,000. These are precious comparisons, right? I yes. mean, exact same it's, scenarios. It's apples are... and apples. Yeah. And um, it, it just is mind boggling. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm assuming that Luca has um, your, your primary care, probably right, if not within the walls, probably not far without. Where are the hospitals? How far are you from hospitals? And have you guys had to access any kind of hospital care? Yes, we had. Well, Gary had his operation for his eye. And that's about a mile outside the wall. Yeah, nice. we actually rode our bicycle, not for that that procedure, but we have gone there. Yeah, there's a couple of clinics inside the wall. So we had a friend that had knee replacement surgery. She was doing physiotherapy inside the wall. She didn't have to go outside. And we've we've had some friends with some issues and all been handled very, very well here. Amazing. Yeah. That's a, a huge kicker for us is healthcare in America. Um, it just so, does not make, yeah, it doesn't make yeah. sense for us to stay. It, then, does, well, it doesn't make sense for us to go back for that either. <laughs> Honestly, that's what I was wondering if you guys were yeah. going to touch on that. Yeah. I don't see, like I said, like we talked about earlier, I don't, I don't know what the future brings. I don't see myself going back. It, it, that's difficult. It kind of pulls at my heartstrings a little bit. I mean, the United States is my, my birthplace, but it no longer feels like home, Nancy. It's a place for us to visit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, exactly. I hear exactly. that. I hear that. You can't help but as a grandparent, if you've opened these doors for your grandkids, and even with us, um, without being offered uh, citizenship lineage for our kids, I do daydream and wonder if the exposure would not end up landing them in Italy, even for school. You know, we've got nine music schools there. You guys might want to think about sending some instruments over <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? To to actually yeah. impact them in that way, to help them find the beautiful life that you have. Yeah. I, I like to sum up the medical thing, me medical field, very simply. Okay? In America, it's for profit. In Europe, it's for patient. Oh, yes. and, and that makes a big difference. It, it really does. does. Absolutely. I was an oncology nurse and I got towards the end of my career in the hospital. I would come in and jokingly say them because I knew this was going to be an issue and an attitude from people. I would say, hi, I'm the nurse for this computer tonight. I'll be checking in with you occasionally <laughs> to see what I can do to satisfy the needs that this computer has. Because the other side of that is always liability, which documentation now has become a huge issue because of liability. Yes. So it's not only for profit, it's 
it's against liability. There's just so mm -hmm. many levels of what's wrong. Yeah, so yeah. not, not to dwell true. on that, but yeah, it, it does impact the care there. So what are people doing in Luca, inside or outside the wall, for aging in place if they can't do it at home or if they can do it at home, actually? I'm aware with the concept of Bedante, which if you were in America, the average person could not afford to pay someone to live with them full time or you know to come in multiple times a day to help bring care in. So I guess I'm curious, what does it look like in terms of in-home care or are there facilities for people who would like to age in place but can't take care of themselves at home? We have a very, very good friend and uh, one of the top restaurant owners here in Luca. And his mom is in a center here inside the wall. She's 92. She's 92. And he's able to visit her. And she has very good care. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we'll see walking down the street some elderly people with a care person with them giving, making their walk for the day or whatever. So there is care given. I, I can visually see yeah. that. I don't know too much about the system on what's available. I do know it's here. I know it's here in Luca, in the side of the wall, as well as outside, I'm sure. So, you know, we have no firsthand experience with it like we did with Eileen's dad in the States. I hate to use the, the term old age home, but assisted living. Okay, here you go. <laughs> Yeah, so we really, really don't have any of that that firsthand information here. Other that, than our friend, yeah. Other than yeah. than his his mom, and you know, Tuesday she loves to have pizza, so he goes and gets a pizza, and they go up, and he sits with her, and she has a pizza. Hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's the same as what we did with Eileen's dad. Okay. A lot of older Italians, though, stay in the home, and the children then start taking care of them. And I'm sure there's, there's a government program that allows that and helps with that. And the yeah, grandparents bring help bring up the, the, the children. Kids, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you the see that all the time. Yeah. Yes, you see that all, all the time. The grandparents pushing the stroller, you know, all during the day. I see somebody that looks like they're in their 80s and they're pushing a baby carriage. I either want to know what vitamins he's taken <laughs> or that's the grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> and um, is Florence your closest airport? No, actually, Pisa is uh, our closest. But we're actually closer to Pisa, but we can use Florence just as easily. We touched briefly on real estate, but we didn't go in depth on that. I kind of had wanted on this on this show to make time for the grandparenting expertise that you've got, because that's really important. I think we can talk about finances all day long, every every single podcast, but you're not always going to find somebody who's already been um, open about that. But I would like to, if you guys are aware at all, um, talk a little bit more about real estate and prices. Are you aware of what things are going for in terms of rent? Um, most people are looking for a two bedroom. I completely understand your desire to live in a slightly smaller apartment with that large terrazzo that would actually fit us better i think than mm -hmm. a larger scenario we actually live tiny in denver we lived tiny in new orleans so it's not unusual for us to choose that are you aware of what rent would be like for a two bedroom ish in luca now sure two bedroom two bath depending on the situation what i say when i say that is if it's ground floor, first floor, you're going to pay more than if it's second floor, fourth floor with no elevator. Yeah. Normally, I would say two bedroom, one bath, maybe two bedroom, two bath. You can get in the $900 to $1,100 range, $1,100 euro range. I'm sorry. 
if you want. Oh, there's a $1.4 million place for, well, that's for sale. But I mean, there's some beautiful villas inside the wall. We we have friends that are paying 12 to 1500 for really well done, two bedroom, two bath. Usually at that price, you're going to have an elevator or a lift. And they do. And, and so, you know, again, it's relative. What are you going to pay in the States for that same scenario? And if you, if you don't want to live in Centro, you want to live just outside the wall, you could knock two to $300 a, a month off. Easily. Easily. Very easily. Yes. All right. And how about buying? Um, you mentioned that you guys might think at some point, about investing in real estate there. So I'm assuming assuming you're keeping your ear to the ground a little bit to see what's happening there. Always, always. (laughs) Um, Unfortunately, the market inside the wall is very limited these days. Luca kind of exploded a bit. And, you know, what used to be available is no longer available. Yeah, they're not building too many six, 700-year-old apartments anymore. <laughs> and the world is worse for it, let's face it. I know it is. You know, I love living with two-foot solid cement walls. You know, it's, it's different. It, it's it's gotten very expensive. You're looking, an apartment ours, like ours is probably going to sell somewhere in the 225 to $250,000 range. It's going to be fixed up more than this one is, but uh, a two bedroom, two bath, you're looking at minimum 350, you know, up up to the 575, $600,000 range. In the wall. In the, inside. Outside the wall, you'd probably find the same thing for 100,000 euro less. And I think it's important for people to weigh, we are again talking about Tuscany and Two hundred to two hundred and fifty thousand. I I don't even know what you would buy in Denver for two hundred to two hundred fifty thousand. Very cheap. Very yeah, very. Yeah, it's all relative. We just had um a couple that uh they actually read our book and two years ago we met them and <laughs> we were happened to be sitting uh, at Vinarkia and uh, she was still working. And she looked at me with a straight face, Nancy, and she said, I want what you have. Mm. And I said, well, there's no reason you can't have it. So they were going to go to Siena to check it out for a couple of days. And the next day she texted me and said, we're staying in Luca and we're going to find an apartment. We're not even going to go to Siena. We want to buy an apartment. We want to buy an apartment. We met them for a uh, a cocktail that night. I think within two days, they found a place and said, we bought it. Oh my goodness. And, and, uh, because it, there is a pull here. It's, I, I can't explain it all the time, but it's a charm. It's a, it's a culture. Like Gary said, it's a way of life that is just charming. It's what pulled us in. Yeah, I think so. But here they were, um, you know, uh, they didn't even consider uh, renting. They wanted to buy and uh, God bless them. They could do it, uh, you know, so. I have to tell you guys, I'm afraid (laughs) that you've had a bit of an impact on Luca because across, I belong to so many of those Facebook immigration groups relating to Italy. So many people are moving 
to Luca. <laughs> I mean, it's Luca, 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 yes. Luca. <laughs> right, Luca, well, Luca, 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 Luca. Our, our English Monday group meets once a week. And if you speak English, you come two hours, four to six. Anyway, yes, a uh, couple of the administrators um, shake their finger at us that oh. it's all our fault. And it is certainly not all our fault. I do You're not. having an impact, so, though. But I can't say that we haven't added to the ambiance uh, and the awareness of Luca. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to actually take that and segue into my thoughts and feelings on your blog. As somebody who struggles with tech, I am amazed at your blog. If I want to look, I want to look at towns that you visited in Southern Italy. I don't have to scroll through pages and pages and pages to find what's relevant to me. I click on your link for southern italy and up come those places that you've covered on your blog it's beautiful it's accessible it's rich i cannot strongly enough recommend that people check out your website uh, uh he's pointing towards eileen there it is a full-time job i'm not quite retired yet <laughs> no, no. so in terms of your books the two of them i am so far behind on my reading with every interview i do there's something else i need to not only research but there's usually a book or something um, associated with that so i'm going to gift myself one of yours which one of your books would you describe that somebody in my setting where i'm not yet ready to apply for the ERV. We're waiting for both of us to pull social security to be able to qualify for that passive income requirement. Which book should I start with and tell me why? I would definitely say Our Italian Journey because it it really is the start of our journey and yeah. how we struggled with, could we leave family behind? In when your heart finds its home, we've already dealt with those issues. So it's it is a little bit even though it's a standalone memoir, it's it's still further along in somebody's journey. So definitely I would recommend our Italian journey first. Yeah. Yeah. And what I love is when I get a text or an email and somebody will say, I bought the Kindle version because I wanted it right away. But then I had to buy the paperback because I wanted to earmark and highlight and make notes. So why I bought the Kindle, I don't know, other than, you know, I didn't have much patience, but I needed both. And I we just laugh at that. It's it's funny to us that people are using it as a travel guide, which we we well, really that, never that wasn't really that, intended to that do. wasn't the intention at all that's good information for me because i will definitely buy the paperback version also because i'm not using it necessarily just for travel but for what you've recommended in there in terms of moving and you're marking those areas that's really good information too all right we also have a, a new project we're working on which we won't reveal to you i'm, I'm sorry but it oh. We are definitely way out of our comfort zone on this one, and we hope to get this project completed within the next two months. And oh so, um, but it'll have to do with the first book, Our Italian Journey. And so, yeah, it's... I'm excited <laughs> to find this out. Listeners, this is September 22nd, 2023, so we can plan on checking in for sure and getting that good news um, in November, I'm hoping, of this year. I'm very excited I'm hoping before that. November, but we're shooting for, for okay. that. Yeah. Okay, piano, piano. <laughs> Excellent. What is something that people should not miss about Luca? If they are entertaining the thought of actually looking at Luca now that they know that it may actually be affordable to live in an incredibly historic town in Tuscany, which just shocks me 
mm-hmm. <laughs> what is something they should not miss about Luca that really makes it unique and special? I would definitely say the wall, Le Miura, mm-hmm. uh, first and foremost. Yeah. You know, taking a bicycle ride or a walk around, there are passageways underneath the wall that many people are not aware of. And we take people, come that read our book or, or or blog subscriber, and we'll take them through a little walking tour. We have one tomorrow, by the way. Mm-hmm. And we always take them underneath the wall because it's unique. This is how Luca uh, moved armory and food and ammunition troops. that troops yeah. that nobody could see outside. And some of them are uh, closed off. But some of them are open and you can walk from the inside the wall to outside, which in the Renaissance time you could not, but it's wonderful. So definitely the wall. Gary and I just got season tickets to the Calcio Lucchese team. So soccer. So we have sports here. There's so many museums. I would definitely check out Puccini's uh, home. He was born inside the wall. Uh, his home is a museum, and it's quite unique to see. We have an opera house. We have an opera it's not house. not a great one, but it's an opera house. We have several movie theaters. We have inside the cathedral, which is the Duomo, we have a wooden cross that is one of the oldest in Europe. It's the oldest. It is the oldest. Okay. Yes. Um, it was sculpted by Nicodemus. And so, it is, so the Volta Santo right now is being restored so he is out of his i don't want to say cage it's a beautiful tribute it just happens to be all surrounded by iron he is uh being worked on right now and restored but it it is amazing to see but also too there are so many great day trips you can take just recently i got on our bike my bicycle and got on the train with a friend and got off at a nearby town borgo manzano and we bicycled to the Devil's Bridge. Again, has history. And, and legend. And well. legend, yes. Mm-hmm. There's just so many day trips you could take from Luca. So Luca is a great home base. You run out of things to do here. I can't imagine. But if you do, there are great day trips. Yeah. Monte Carlo, very famous wine. Just up, up the hill. It's, so if you want to narrow it down to what makes Luca attractive, simple one word answer. Luca. <laughs> this town will speak to you in ways that other towns don't. I think so. I like that. That is absolutely beautiful. <laughs> I'm going to use that. I want to use that. <laughs> it, <it's copyrighted. laughs> no, of course you can. <laughs> cute yeah and you wrote your books together we did yeah we did we alternated chapters and um it 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 was fun most of the time most of the time and i see (laughs) that you alternate in the blog too which is also nice to get both voices well mainly her i've got mainly her okay but i have seen you yeah he has he needs to step up a bit but yes (laughs) you said writing the book was fun if you call root canal fun okay (laughs) You know, it took uh, a couple uh, who are authors, um, Nancy and John Petrilia, it took them to suggest to us to write our first book. We would never have thought of it or considered it, but it was their suggestion. We read their their first book and were encouraged and, and went to Parma because of it. And this is how people that you don't know affect your lives. They yeah. touched ours. 
we've touched theirs. It just spreads and good people will do that. Well, I'm considering that we're good people. Uh, It will do that for each other. And so we've become very, very good friends, but it it started with them with a suggestion. Right. And so that ball has bounced because you have helped so many people with both your blog and your book. We love to pay it forward. Well, that's, 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 part of life. And, and if you're not willing to do that, then don't do what we're doing. Yeah. Amen. I love that heart. Thank you. I also want to thank Gil and Jean of Retire There with Gil and Jean for introducing me to this lovely couple, Eileen and Gary Modica of Our Italian Journey. They knew that these guys would be a great fit in terms of affordability in the shocking region of Tuscany. Anything else you guys would like to add? I have so enjoyed you. Seriously, you guys have been a beacon for many. Well, if anybody is venturing to Luca. If we're here, if we're available, we're always willing to give our time. Yeah, contact us. Don't, and, don't say, you know, oh, I thought you were busy, so I didn't want to bother you. Yeah, Our email is on the blog. You can contact us and we're always willing to, to help with advice or um, welcome you here to Luca. You are going to be busy for a while from what I've seen on social media. Yes. <laughs> better, better contact them early, folks, and get it on the calendar. <laughs> well, grazie mille. Thank you so much. Nancy, it was a pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much. Thank you for doing this with us. Oh, gosh, thank you. Let's keep in touch. We aren't headed to the north this visit, but we'll get there. And definitely, Luca, I am so intrigued now for Luca. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Ciao, ciao. Ciao. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like us and subscribe for more. We will continue to explore regions, towns, taxes, and tips here and on Facebook at Affordable Italy, living La Dolce Vita on a bootstring, at Instagram under the same name, and eventually italyisaffordable.com. If you know anyone who is living in Italy who'd like to converse with me, I'd love to meet them via my email, italyisaffordable at gmail.com. And now for that much-anticipated limoncello. Chin chin!